we're back today. Robert Sanchez, I'm the host of Firefighter Kingdom with my co-host Vince Trujillo. Today we have a, a good thing in store for us today. We have a Detective uh, Aaron Velarde from Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department. And we're here to talk about uh, kind of just being in the community with, with the fire department and law enforcement, especially the sheriff's department that, you know, we work with in the community, how we have a, a great relationship, you know, as I know most people, the public kind of might wonder how our relationship is, you know, uh, you know, the way I look at it is we, we treat them as one of our own. So again, welcoming Detective uh, Aaron Vedlarde from the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department. What are you up to, Aaron? Hi, Robert. First, I want to say thanks for having me on. I, I think this is a great program you have going here, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm glad to have you, you know, and so, you know, Aaron, I've, I've had the, the the unique privilege to for you to be, we've been friends for, for a while, man, for a long time. For a we long probably, time. We've probably been on the department almost the same time as on the departments, and just, uh, you know, since, you know, I was a rookie, just running calls with you, man, it's been a privilege. We've had, we had, we've had some crazy things happen, man. Well, we've together. had some fun, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, we could write a book about it. I always say I think it'd be a bestseller sometimes but you know the unique situations we've we've got ourselves in or we've we've got into so but uh, we're still alive man so that's a good thing yep you know so i just kind of what you know wanted to talk about you know I, it's you know sometimes uh you know people that the public or the community ask, ask me sometimes what you know do how did law enforcement and the fire department work together you know and and all i can give them is my perspective um of being fortunate enough to work with the men and women of Bernalillo county sheriff's department you know, and being on, you know, a lieutenant now, Bernalillo County Fire Department, just the interaction I have with the Sheriff's Department is always, always a good thing. You know, I, I always feel comfortable around the Sheriff's Department. And, you know, when you guys are there, you know, I know you guys have our backs, you know, and, you know, if we get in a sticky situation, you know, if there's, you know, members of the public that, you know, sometimes they, they want to assault us, you know, for, you know, for what reason, we I don't know. But, you know, they want to assault us and sometimes we, we get assaulted, you know, um, and definitely take verbal abuse, you know, but it's a job we signed up for and, you know, we learned to deal with it. But I know you guys are always there to help us out when we need you guys. You know, if we call you guys for help, you guys are there, you know, as quick as possible. And I also know that, you know, you guys, when you call for us, we're there, you know, as quick as possible. And we're giving you the best medical attention we could give, you know, and if needed, you know, in unfortunate uh, circumstances, we're getting you guys to the hospital as quick as possible. And I know Bernalillo County, we transport you ourselves, and uh, and we're proud to do it. So I just, you know, I feel that we're a, a, we're, we're a well-greased machinery when we're working together, man. I just think it, it, we're great together. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. You know, having you guys working with us and having such a good working relationship, you know, I know a lot of other agencies don't have that. I think we're kind of fortunate in the county to have had that and continue to have that. You know, it's one of those things where, Currently, with the state of everything, you know, there's a lot of, of things in the back of an officer's mind when they show up on a call. And it's a little bit of comfort to know that if something bad does happen, you guys are close by. You know, it's, it's absolutely uh, one of the things that we consider on a daily basis. And, you know, I've gone to some hot calls that, you know, I was grateful that your guys were right behind us because you don't know what's going to happen when you get there. Absolutely. And we enjoy doing it, you know, especially in this time of 2020. You know, I was, I would made a joke the other day, like, you know, uh, Marty from uh, Back to the Future. I, I hope he doesn't go to 2020 because, you know, back then, because <laughs> he don't want to go to 2020, man, the way it is. Yeah. You know, especially all the rioting and unrest that's happening right now and just the political environment. It's, it's crazy, you know. So I feel, you know, just lately on, on some calls you know, that we've been on, it's just, it just seems more tense. You know, it seems like everybody's more in a tense situation in the political environment that's happening today, you know, in the United States and the unrest, 
that's happening you know so like you, we always count on you guys being there and you know i just we, we we work hand in hand together and we do a great job i think we treat the community well you know Absolutely. we accomplish our goals that we go out to accomplish when we get a 911 call and we do it with respect and dignity to the community you know you know we treat people the same way you know that's why i like to tell my crews is you know you treat you know you treat the the homeless person the same way you treat the ceo of a corporation and you're going to be just fine i think we do that you know absolutely i think one of the things that's often overlooked is we're part of the community also you know we're not going to allow somebody to mistreat a member of the public because for all i know they could be doing that later on with one of my family members or somebody i know and we both know in our professions that we're not going to tolerate that Absolutely. You know, that, I think that's what fosters that good environment that we have within this county. And we don't have a lot of the incidents and, and issues that some of these other jurisdictions have with that because, you know, just like the rest of New Mexico, man, it's, you know, we're different and we're a family here. So we all stick together and we look out for each other. Right. Well, absolutely, man. You know, and, and I, I do have compassion for law enforcement, you know, in these days. I mean, it's it's tough for you guys. I mean, every it just seems like every situation, every uh, position you guys are putting in and reaction that you guys do is being scrutinized by by everybody you know um everybody's watching everybody has a, a you know a, a camera on their phone nowadays and they're filming a video in every single time which isn't a bad thing but sometimes you only get a little bit of the situation what really happened you know right. and i see that happen you know a ton of times where it looks like it's not very good but they don't know what what you know the the 20 minutes before what led up to what's happening and i just you know i i give you guys a lot of credit you know in this environment in 2020 it's very tough for you guys to do your job it is and it's it's increasingly difficult i mean we always knew signing up for this kind of work that you know public service is it's a high stress job you're going to be under a microscope and you should be you're out there serving the public and, and interacting with people in a different capacity than a normal person interacts with somebody on a daily basis you know our our whole uh, philosophy with law enforcement is your worst day is our every day. You know, people rarely call the police just to say hi. They usually call us when there's something bad happening or something bad has already happened. And now we have to respond to that and, and take care of the issue. So I think to lend a little bit of perspective, you know, from the law enforcement side to help the community understand, you know, we're people too. We do things a certain way because that's how we've been trained to do things. And when you have somebody, you know, critiquing your every move, especially with a camera on scene as things are unfolding, it's a, it's a very dynamic situation. And the officer has a whole lot of other things playing out in their mind that they need to be cognizant of on that scene for their safety and the safety of everybody else involved. Right. Well, well said, you know, and, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, I think the public, you know, looks at firefighters, even, you know, law enforcement more. They just, you know, they have to remember we're human like everybody else, you know. And we have, you know, we have feelings, we have emotions like everybody else. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, our goal is to go home to our family, right? Absolutely. And to make sure our, our coworkers or the members of, of the Sheriff's Department or members of the fire department that they go home safe. You know, I know my job as an officer on, on the fire truck is to make sure that my crew goes home safe. You know, that I'm making good decisions and not putting them in bad situations. And I know you guys are in the same. So that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, I, I want the community to know. I think sometimes, you know, even before I got in the fire department, you kind of, it's kind of weird. You look at the, like, uh, you know, police and fire department, they're not, sometimes they're not, they're not human, you know, but we are, we were, we go home to our family like everybody else. Right. We go coach our sons or daughters, you know, baseball or softball games or football, or we take them to dance class or soccer, or whatever the case may be. So we have a family outside of our job, you know, so. That's, you know, it, it's good for the community to kind of hear that, you know, so, 
And you know what? And you're going to have, you know, problems in every department, you know. So, you know, one bad apple shouldn't ruin the bunch. You know what well, I mean? And that's true of any profession. You know, if you're going to critique professions, let's do it fairly and look at them all across the board. I mean, you have sure. bad pilots just like you have bad doctors, you know. Sure. People die of medical malpractice all the time. Doesn't make it acceptable. It just means it happens. Sure. You know, that, that's true of any profession you look at. You're always going to have one or two bad apples. But for the most part, the majority of those professions are good people. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know the, I mean, the total statistics and facts of it. But, I mean, I would say, you know, you know, 99% of you know, law enforcement, is they're, they're good men and women that serve their community. You know what I mean? Um, and same with firefighters. You know, 99% of firefighters are, are good and they're trustworthy and they're serving, they're serving the community. You know, so that's why I like to tell, you know, people who come and ask us, you know, stuff like that. But again, man, I, I appreciate the, the job that you guys do. And, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes I feel for you guys, man. You guys are in a tough time right now. And it's hard. It's tough for you guys to do a good job. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, we appreciate you guys doing what you do also. Like I said, you know, for us, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit of comfort knowing that you're going to that call or you're going through that door and you don't know what's on the other side. But I've also seen the work that you guys do firsthand with the community, responding to accidents, you know, some of these other calls that most people don't give you enough credit for that happen on a daily basis. You know, everybody wants to go to that hot call where it's a shooting or a stabbing. But, man, you guys have far more interaction with the community, taking care of people on accident scenes, heart attacks, you know, medical calls. And you guys do a great job. I, I can say firsthand from the work I've seen, you guys are one of the top agencies in the country. Thank you very much, man. I can say the same for you, man. Again, you know, proud to serve, you know, amongst the men and women of Burnley County Sheriff's Department, and it's a, it's a true honor. And uh, thank you for what you guys do. Uh, thank you. All right, Aaron, um, Detective uh, Velarde, and I call you Aaron, my friend, man. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so I was just, I was just curious. Uh, how, did, how did you get involved in being the Sheriff's Department? Did, were you, uh, did you want to be like a law enforcement all your life or kind of just ran into it? How did, how did that work out? Well, it's, it's kind of funny. It was a, a gradual progression. You know, my grandfather was in law enforcement. My dad was actually a firefighter. Right, for uh, Albuquerque Fire, right? Albuquerque Fire. Nice. He was the only smart one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, growing up around it, public service was something I knew I wanted to do. Sure. I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And going through college, you know, I had a few bad experiences with law enforcement at the time. Right. And... Nothing too crazy, but it was one of those things where I figured, you know, one good cop would have probably made a, a big difference. And so I started looking more at the law enforcement side of things. And, you know, my father, with his career in the fire department, was actually an arson investigator towards the end of his career. Okay. And the investigative part always fascinated me. Right. So, you know, as I got older and progressed through college, I decided that it was something that I was looking at a little more and decided, you know, when I was 24 years old that, you know, it's now or never. I think I need to need to get in there and at least do my part and try and make my community a little bit better of a place. And the rest, they say, is history. So. Sure. Well, thank you for that, man. That's that's nice, man. So how long have you been in the sheriff's department? I've been with them 13 and a half years now, right. so good, and I did uh, 11 and a half of that was all on patrol, so. Right, so you're really, really in it working, huh? You know, sometimes I think being in the field, man, is just the better part of the job sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a place to learn. It'll it'll teach you a lot in a, in a short time. and sure. They've got a, a lot of life lessons, for sure. A lot <laughs> of life being experiences. In the field and learning what not to do, I oh, think. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so uh, and now you're a detective, and, and you're working uh, out of uh, the... Metro Detention Center, is that correct? I work out of 
downtown and MDC, okay. Okay. kind of 50-50. But uh, my responsibilities up there are basically investigating anything that comes out of the jail as far as criminal charges and, uh, you know, any other special investigations that are assigned and as well as gathering intelligence from up there, which that place is a wealth of, so... Oh, okay. So basically, uh, uh, crimes that actually happen in the facility, you guys also do them, and then crimes that happen outside, but kind of uh, getting intelligence on information to prosecute, is that... Correct, yeah. Okay. That's Okay. So that's probably a lot of work in itself, right? It is, yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's four people in my unit, and there's couple thousand inmates so there's never a dull moment around that place <laughs> sure sure you know and, and we we're talking about earlier you know just uh you know in 2020 it's just a, it's tough times man and so how how is it i was kind of just thinking man uh, you know we talked about how hard it must be to be in law enforcement right now and how hard how hard is it and how different is it right now in, in these times of unrest and protesting and, and rioting how is it for law enforcement always being scrutinized i mean what how, what do you notice that's, that's different well, I think a lot has changed, you know, with the recent events that happened. And I wish I could say it was for the better, but, you know, the, the state of morale with our guys, it's a tough enough job already. And now you have the public creating this external pressure. You know, it's tough for a guy that's already kind of having a bad day to get up, go to work the next morning and have a 15-year-old kid at a bus stop flipping him off just for being a cop. Right. You know, that, that kind of stuff weighs on you throughout the day. And it's, you know, it's something that our guys shouldn't have to experience. You know, we understand that we're not always going to be liked just by the nature of this job. I mean, you, you're taking away people's freedom at times, you know, and you're putting them in handcuffs and taking them to jail. Part of that is, you know, we, we signed up for the responsibility and we do that to protect people's rights, not so much to violate them. Right. Right. And I think if the public knew that we're out there looking out for them, just as we're looking out for that 15-year-old kid flipping us off, that's his First Amendment right, sure. you know, and he has the right to do that because we're out there protecting those rights. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, you said, you, you know, unfortunately, there's times you have to put people in handcuffs, but I mean, it's all in public safety, man. It's all about protecting the public, you know. Right. So, and, you know, and I can understand how it could take a toll and it's tough. I mean, especially in, in this political environment, you know, and, you know, and I'm not going to get into Democrat, Republican thing, but it's just the political environment in general. You know, it's just, it's just, you feel that tension, man, you know, when you're out there and I, you know, you just feel it. Even when we're on calls, you just feel the tension's different. It's, something's it, different, you know. It, it's there and it, uh, you know, it, it adds a different element to what we have to think about, you know, especially with officer-involved shootings. Obviously, those are something we never want to have happen, you know, because nobody wants to, to have that on their conscience. Nobody wants to take a life, even if it's done in the most righteous of circumstances. That's still something that... Uh, you know, you're going to have to ultimately live with the rest of your life. And, and the after effects of that, which I've seen firsthand, even as a union president, you know, we respond to those, uh, those incidents. And I've seen the, the toll it takes on a family. You know, I've had guys that have been in, in those circumstances and tell me, man, you know, my kid saw what happened on the news. My kid's looking at me differently because I, you know, I was forced to shoot somebody. You know, nobody wants that in their in their life. So, you know, it, it's tough. And then when you create this external pressure around that, now you have these guys kind of second-guessing themselves in critical situations where really you don't have that time to be second-guessing. You have to take action and do what you're trying to do for everybody's safety. I mean, so you're having to make split-second decisions, and you have to make them right, and you can't make a mistake, you know? So that's, you know, that's just tough. You have to make quick, quick decision, or, you know, it's your life. It could be your life, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I could see, in, you know, in these, in these times in law enforcement, well, it's tough for you guys. And, um, and you know very well working in, in public safety, you guys have it on the fire side, too. You can do everything right and still have a bad outcome. 
Sure. You know, that, that's just the nature of this job. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you can give it all your all and, you know, the results aren't always what you want them to be. Right. You know, unfortunately, you know, and, you know, and, you know, just talking, you know, about even being in Bernalillo County or the city of Albuquerque now, you know, just some of the types of calls that we go on together, you know, I just, you know, I just, uh, in the in the United States, I mean, there's just a, a huge, um, uh, massive amount of, of uh, drug calls or overdoses calls that we go on quite a bit. And I'm seeing more and more of them, unfortunately. Um, what about what, what do you think? Did you seen a rise in that? Even in the jail, probably arrests are mostly drug charges and people in jail. So I mean, drugs are just you know plaguing our community in a, in a wrong way, you know. Yeah, even before I left the field, you know, overdoses were always high. That was one of the top calls that we responded to. And obviously drugs are a huge problem in this community, but I think we're starting to see within our community the, the manifestation of bigger problems within our society. Sure. I think that's what a, a lot of this culminates in is, you know, we definitely have some issues in our, our culture and our society that we need to address. Right. Well, I mean, you see it, you know, in some of the cases where, you know, children are raised in an environment that's, you know, infested with drugs to begin with, you know, and so they, they you know, they get most, uh, they get to the adult level and they're kind of already starting off on the wrong foot and no fault of their own sometimes, you know, so they get involved in drugs and it just turns bad from there. They get involved in gangs, it turns bad from there. But then now you have um, the opiate addiction, you know, which any prominent, you know, member of society, um, you have, you know, CEOs that are, had a, a back surgery where they, you know, knee surgery and they're taking pain meds and they just get addicted to them, you know, and then and it leads to heroin and it leads to addiction and it leads to overdose and leads to losing your family, losing your house. I mean, it's it's a big problem. You know, it's 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 uh, you know, we see it every day and, you know, pe- you know, people forget about we're reminded, you know, on a daily basis because we go to work and see it, you know. So that's what that's the, that's the part of the community I feel sorry for, because sometimes, in my opinion, you know, I'm not an expert in drug, you know, counseling or anything like that, but I just. I, I see it where, you know, you have uh, people in the community that are prominent, they're doing a great job, they're raising their family, they have, you know, a good place to live for their family, and then they just lose it all because of a surgery for, you know, on pain meds or opiates, and then they, they start searching for it. And some people have different addictive personalities, right? Right. So some people it happens to, some, some it doesn't. So it's not only the unfortunate, uh, you know, people who are raised in a in a, in a in a drug abuse environment, it's also prominent people that get involved sometimes and in, uh, by accident, not follow their own sometimes, you know? Sure, yeah, that's what makes drugs so destructive is they can happen to anybody. You know, I think one of the, the bigger issues that we need to look at also is, you know, this system has basically normalized drug use. Right. So you have these kids, you know, now on TV, you, you know, they turn on a TV and kids are very impressionable. They see this stuff taking place on TV shows they watch and, and to them in that world, it's normal. Right. You know, if they're seeing it on TV and mom and dad are doing it or brother or cousin are doing it and they're, that's the environment that they're in. Of course, to them, it's going to seem normal. And I think we need, you know, intervention at earlier stages for these kids to try and break that cycle. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think uh, Bernalillo County Sheriff's and Bernalillo County Fire Department, I think they do a good job in educating the public. You know, they have good programs out there for, um, you know, PR relations, for public relations, you know, getting the public involved, learning about safety and fire. Like today's, you know, this week's Fire Prevention Week, learning about the safety of that and also, the, the, you know, the how you guys serve the community, you know, even going out to these, you know, parade 
birthday parties that you're going out to and I know you guys join us in that kind of you know seeing the the smile on kids faces you know doing that so I mean, hopefully we can get more involved in the community where if you know unfortunately if the if the children are involved you know their families involved in drug addiction that they don't you know inherit themselves and to grow into drug addiction themselves you know so I mean no, that's that's our goal and I think it does work absolutely I, I think the public needs to understand that uh, you know the biggest community activists are your guys in uniform you know when police and fire show up on the scenes of these overdose calls we're the first ones telling kids or family members not to do that kind of thing you know they need right. to they need to make some changes and sure and take care of themselves learn from their mistakes and it's no joke man it really could happen it just yeah, doesn't happen absolutely. on tv you know so you know and then these times of it's a crazy time you know we talked about it. i mean these times in george floyd the incident with george floyd it's been crazy you know and just being the involvement with law enforcement you know the scrutiny that law enforcement law enforcement is taking you know um so what's what's your take on that whole thing man it's, it's pretty crazy yeah i mean it's uh it was a very tragic event and of course anytime you have a loss of life it's tragic sure but you know a lot of people get caught up in the uh you know the after effects of it when they need to be looking at what led up to it right you know obviously as a culture in america we've deviated from the rule of law and you know if if people would comply and basically uh you know, let the court system work that out. You know, we have one of the greatest court systems in the world and a constitution and a bill of rights that ensure those things. You know, if, even if you don't agree at the time, if you think that the cop is doing something in error, there's checks and balances and there's a system in place through the courts to sort that out. And I think a lot of times, you know, people overreact, which leads to overreaction on the other side as well. But then you get into the deeper issues of, you know, police funding and training and that kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's, it's a whole picture that we have to look at we can't just take one incident or bits and pieces of some other incidents and and try and make something of it you have to take a step back and look at the entire picture and decide how we can fix things or, or where we went wrong and what needs to be changed sure so there's steps in place for a reason you know so due process in other words due process absolutely and kind of let it play out and you know confidence you know hopefully in in the agency at the time is is doing the correct things with uh investigating and discipline and making sure the employee gets due process and on any kind of event right right um you know what's which is tough you know i just it's just uh you know you look at both sides you know republican democrat again i'm not going to get into whatever side but i'm just saying it's just uh it's kind of just everyone's just kind of at each other's throats you know it's just like i said it's just there's tension in the air on both sides you know and i think there can be change on both sides to, to make you know the community come together and and uh you know be a stronger community and hopefully we learn from this you know hopefully we can learn um you know the outcomes of, of all these events on what's happening hopefully you know Republicans and Democrats come together and they learn from it and we can have a better community. Sure. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, one of the issues is, you know, like you touched on the Republican, Democrat. I think that's one of the problems with a two-party system is, you know, you have one side blaming the other and, of course, that side blames the other side right back and you never actually, you actually never make progress. Right. You know, I think we need to just take a step back from looking at it as a, you know, Republican, Democrat, or any other kind of thing, and just accept personal responsibility for ourselves and our communities. Sure, absolutely. I abs- that's well said. I think uh, personal responsibility would be <laughs> would be big if everybody could just do that. I, I think it would be big. You know, and take away the Republican Democrat thing and why we do this and why we do that. And I'm Republican, that's why I do this. I'm Democrat, why I do that. And I think if we take uh, accountability and responsibility, I think uh, be a 
much better place to live in. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. So, uh, you know, just uh, we're happy to do in this podcast. So we're lucky to have our, our co-host and producer, Vince Trujillo, man. He, he, with the graphics and, you know, editing of our, of our uh, video and audio, man, he does a great job. But he also does a community segment that we have, you know. So, you know, you and I, we, we have the, the law enforcement and fire department lingo that we talk about. Sometimes the general public don't even know the, some of the words that we use, you know. Right. But sometimes, and I know Vince says, well, what does that even mean? So, you know, it catches me where I'm saying, you know what, the public probably doesn't even know what it means. So we try to explain, you know, what certain certain words that we use, whatever lingo. And I know uh, just from the community side, you know, the community segment, you know, this is probably, he has great questions that I think the community, you know, they want to know. So what's up, Vince, man? Hey, thanks how's for going being on with us again. No, thank, thanks to, uh, uh, for both of you. It was really cool hearing some of that. We had the news in, news, news show in the day, so it was a little distracting. I didn't get to hear all the stuff. But you touched on some really good points. And I, and, I, and first, thank you guys both from the community perspective for your service. Coming in from law enforcement, great respect. Coming in from fire service, great respect. I know you guys don't like to hear it, but I don't care. Uh, from the public <laughs> side, we're going to say it anyways because that's a big, big deal. And especially nowadays, like hearing you guys talk about the relationship between, you know, in, in, within the county. And I know that there's a lot of other places around the country that does do things like that and have that kind of interactions but the respect between you two is 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 great to see you know law enforcement looking at you know fire service and saying thank you for everything you guys do you guys handle so many calls that you know people don't even know about don't even see it doesn't make any news it doesn't do anything and same on law enforcement side you guys show up to some stuff that is just you know anywhere from fugly to you know not that big of a deal to stuff that people don't even understand so i think it's really good that people hear that from the community of what's going on in that inner inner relationship between your departments is really it was really a nice thing. So thanks for that part. Thanks, Vince. Thank you. So a, a couple of things uh, that stood out, and I, I really only caught like the last section, which was talking about the stuff going on in, in you know, the communities right now and how impactful that is and how, how tough that is. Um, you know, I think you, you answered a lot of the questions well. From the community perspective, it's like, so right now everything's so political too, right? And, you know, we, we have on, on the one side, uh, people are thinking like, oh, you got like uh, these these activists out there doing uh, violent protesting, right? And then the other side, you have people kind of like countering that. And then people are kind of like upset that maybe law enforcement has taken, you know, a step too far in some, in some segments. And you touched very well on this. You know, it's like, hey, law and order works best when we have like, uh, you know, a community adhering and 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 doing it well how how does it should the community interact with law enforcement because i i have great respect for law enforcement so many good people there but if you get people where it's like they're putting the community in a dangerous or a vulnerable uh, uh, situation where it's like, hey, man, maybe I didn't do that bad of a, of a thing. Maybe I got pulled over by a traffic stop and, you know, we had an interaction. And next thing I know, I'm on the floor with the knee on my neck. What should the community do uh, to make sure that those kind of things are, you know, not don't end in a death? I mean, besides compliance. Well, the thing is, you have those situations, you know, they occur every day. And I myself have been stopped by the police. You know, I wasn't always a cop. I, I know what it's like to be that guy driving home late at night and see flashing lights in the rearview mirror, you know. But growing up in a, a public service family, I was always taught early on, whether you agree or not, comply. You know, put your hands up on the steering wheel, turn the dome light on. It definitely sets the officer at ease as he's making that approach on the vehicle. Those were things I didn't understand until I became a cop. And then, you know, I realized when I saw people doing that for me, it, it does put you at ease right off the bat. You know, obviously you're not going to let your guard down, but it helps when you can see the in- interior of a vehicle and it relieves some of that stress as you're approaching it. So a lot of it's really from your perspective of like, hey, w- 
we deal with stuff every day. Like I, we've seen, we've seen, and, and, and I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, but exactly to that point, like we saw that f- the footage of like some, the, the officer who they named the road with on the other side of, uh, of the mountains, uh, the, uh, the deputy who was killed. Uh, James, James McGrain. McGrain. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Say it again. James McGrain. Yeah. James McGrain. And they have, a, they it, it, watch that video and it just happens so quickly. Like, and that's, that's, I think that's the scary thing. That a lot of people understand with law enforcement, like you walk up and it's not somebody necessarily yelling and screaming and acting crazy sometimes. And they just pull a gun and that's it. Um, so for your perspective, it's like, Hey, from the self preservation and to make sure that it's a safe situation, we want to just know all the factors. Absolutely. Yeah. The more information we have, the easier it makes it for us. And it, it reduces that level of stress. So Tensions are already high in a situation like that. The last thing you want to do is have something that'll escalate it. So, you know, if the public complies, whether they agree or not, you know, like I explained to Robert earlier, we have a system for that. We have the greatest system in the world to provide justice. You know, even if you think you didn't get a fair deal, even in court, you can always appeal it. You know, that that's the beauty of this system is it was designed with so many checks and balances that, you know, eventually you will have justice. Yeah. And, and, and it's just not worth it. You know, like in my case, you know, there's times that I'm really upset that I got pulled over for something I didn't know about, like a, you know, expired thing or a taillight right. or something like that. And I've been let off too. The sheriff's department has been good to me here. <laughs> I was, you know, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing in the nineties more, but in the sheriff department, that's all I'm going to say has been good to me here. So I, I appreciate I that. Want to know, Vince. You know, that was the nineties, of course. College, you know, this 20, 20, 20 some years ago. Um, now let's take it a step further. So outside of that, and, and this is something from the community aspect is like, okay, we get that. And I think a lot of people could just help themselves out a little bit more instead of starting to go right to the, this is, you know, this is the, you know, what'd you pull me over for? I don't have to comply. I don't have to tell you what I'm doing. They roll the window barely down. Now at that, what point is it the officer's responsibility as a law enforcement to kind of see that I have a very uh, uncompliant person. It's not that big of a stop. You, I mean, just so that we know, it's like you kind of have to keep pursuing that just to see if it's somebody that might have a warrant out or be a more dangerous person. Because we see the videos all the time of somebody and right. we don't know what happened before the video started. But once it started, you see, oh, I'm just getting pulled over for a traffic ticket. Next thing you know, he's getting, you know, into a, a altercation with the officer. And then there's two or three people, you know, involved. At what point, like, what should we know about our rights? You know, that, you know, the officer does have a right to kind of just make sure you're not a somebody dangerous and outside of that then you know you can go about your way right and that's one of the questions that we get hit with a lot is you know how do normal traffic investigations turn into that situation where now we're removing somebody from the vehicle or we're involved in an altercation on the side of the highway with somebody that we just pulled over and a lot of that comes down to you know people don't understand the information that we're dealing with you know you don't know if that officer ran the plate prior to approaching that vehicle and realized that the registered owner has a, a warrant for homicide right you know obviously the information that you're you have available to you is going to set the tone for that encounter so you know like i said if you can if you can set them at ease as much as possible because a lot of times you'll have people that are that passive aggressive you know compliant one minute not so compliant the next you know that also elevates our suspicions and i think we owe it to not only ourselves but the community to find out what that person's up to and who they are right you know i i've don't know if I'd be able to live with myself knowing that I could have probably taken a murderer off the street if right. I would have just been able to ask this guy's name or, or run his identification and find out that he had a warrant. And there's definitely those things that come up in the news. You hear about it. How did that guy who was the, the, the serial killer get pulled over for something or, or the wanted person right. get pulled over and let go? And that's just as, as bad, you know, as, right. as, as, as other things that happen. And uh, did you, do you have anything? I just have one more question. No. no okay. Good. So, so actually the, the, the most extreme part, and I think that's for me is the 
most concerning is when I do see some things where there's some police officers or law enforcement that maybe shouldn't be in that position. And, and to just counter me, please. Like if I see somebody and I'm like, well, you know, Robert's trained, you're trained. We're not trained in the public, right? We're just the average right. Joe. I don't pretend I could do either of your jobs. Like this stress and stuff that the experience you guys have in your field is, is amazing to me. If in those situations, should the brunt of the responsibility of being the level-headed experienced person be on the law enforcement officer in that situation? Meaning, there's some, there's some bad cops. I mean, just just because the, there's a cross section of people and there's good and bad people, right? And there's some people who maybe the stress gets to them a little bit more and there's other people who handle stress better. Would you say that there's law enforcement officers that maybe, you know, the job's just not cut out for them? Is there a, is there mechanisms that then that can be a bit more identified so those of us in the public can kind of see things and be like, hey man, you know, there is, there is a way to get rid of people maybe who are overly aggressive or just have this history. Because you see it, you know, in the lose, this guy had like 10, you know, complaints of aggressiveness, you know, he had been reprimanded and, and a lot of things. What is the mechanisms that us in the community can look at and say, like, at least that's going to get taken care of. So we're not worried that, you know, someone is just going to be constantly, you know, in, in, in that and they shouldn't be a law enforcement. Right. And, you know, the, the thing is, is those mechanisms already exist. They're already in place. Most agencies have, you know, there's a hiring process. There's mm -hmm. a screening process. You have to go through psychological tests, physical tests, everything, you know, to, to find out who is most suitable before we even give them the training in the academy for it. But once you're a cop, there's also a continual evaluation process of, you know, monthly evaluations of, you know, what types of use of force you're using. Everything that we do is documented. Everything that we do is reviewed by someone else. So if you, uh, you know, if you break it down, the, those mechanisms are, are already in place. So it's very rare to see somebody that has a, a pattern of excessive force or anything like that continue through an agency and progress through a career because most of the time, and I, I can't speak for all agencies, of course, but most of the time those guys are identified early on through those those check systems. And a lot of times they're identified even by their peers. You know, that's that's one of the things with law enforcement is we also police our own. You know, we're not going to tolerate somebody abusing the public. Like I told Robbie earlier, you know, that's that's part of being in this community is I have family here too. And I wouldn't want that person abusing one of my family members or one of my, you know, friends or something when nobody's around. So if we see it, we're definitely going to, we're going to call it out. It's an issue and, you know, it'll be addressed through those check systems. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your service. Thank you for that. I want to say just thank you to all law enforcement out there. I appreciate what you're doing in very difficult times right now. And I think with everything going on, understanding that side that you brought to the table is going to be a much a much more helpful to us and to have patience, have some compassion and have some understanding with everything that's going on. Let's try to start taking self-responsibility and treating ourselves each other well, too. Absolutely. I appreciate that, yep. Detective. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Oh, thank, thank you. you, man. So, Detective uh, Falarde from Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department. Aaron, you're my friend, man. It's always been a pleasure. And thank you for being on the show. Don't thank forget for to, me. no problem, man. Don't don't forget to watch us or listen to us on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Podcasts. Also, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, thank you for joining us. And uh, go ahead, Vince. Yeah, just one more thing. Like, you know, please listen to us on Spotify Podcast uh, as well as Apple. And, you know, we have some really good things coming out this fall. We're going to be doing you know we have a, a detective a Bellardi in here uh we got we got some um 
upcoming promotions that we're going to be doing through the end of the year. We're going to be helping out first responders. We're going to show our respect for first responders, handling COVID, having the civil unrest, handling everything that's going on. We're going to be giving free bags of our uh, Firefighter Kingdom coffee. It's going to be a new thing that we have coming out. And also it's going to be distributed for free. Uh, You know, we're going to love to interact with you and get some of that distributed to some of your stations, some of your people. It's just a thank you that we want to send out to the community so that you look for that this fall. If you're listening to this podcast, go to firefighterkingdom.com. We're going to have our our shop on there where we're going to be raising money uh, for 10% is going to go to foundations uh, and also uh, helping out first responders and just saying thank you to the hardships that's going on right now. Uh, I think it's just a way for us to get that out. So look for that coming up too. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Vince.